your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Avalanche fans? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. As always, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. And before we get into anything, first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. And send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And, of course, follow the show's YouTube channel over on YouTube. So, a uh, good weekend overall for the Avalanche and a good month for the Avs. Uh, if you remember, I had thrown out a prediction that this was a very favorable schedule for the Avalanche in the month of November. Only playing 10 total games. And I had said if they go seven and three, I will take that. Anything over that, obviously, if you go eight and two in a month, that's very good. Uh, and what the abs do, they went seven, two, and one. And it was not the best start to the month. You had those two games against Columbus, you lose one in overtime, and then you lose one outright. And then you rattle off the six in a row. You have a very poor game that you played against Dallas. But you followed that up the very next day with a very good win against the Predators. And we'll talk about the last two games in particular because that was, uh, since since I've done a show, those two games are the ones that the Avalanche have taken part in. But just standing back and looking at the month that was for the Avs, this, you can kind of feel like this is the team that you were expecting to see. They're coming into their own. Players are starting to hit their strides. Everything seems to be trending in the right direction for the abs. And if you're watching on YouTube and I said, you know, the beginning, they at least have one win down for another winning streak, hopefully. But to get back to six games, their next five are on the road. I'll get to the December schedule probably tomorrow. I won't take time to get into that right now because they do have another couple days off before they're playing again. But that first game is Wednesday in Toronto. So you're starting that five-game road trip against a, a pretty good team. Uh, but the last two games for the Avs, the first one against Dallas, you know, win streaks are going to come to an end. And, and, and you know, you're, you're going to lose more games throughout this season. But when you have a six-game winning streak and everything just seems to be going in your direction, you know, you're, you're playing well. To lose the win streak like that, I think, is what irks a lot of people, including myself, because they just looked completely flat from, well, they gave up those two goals in the first, what, minute and a half to Pavelski. And the way Dallas plays that's a tough team. When you get down like that, even though it's that early in the game and there's a lot of hockey left, Dallas is not going to give you much of anything <laughs> to, to give them. You spot that team two goals in the first couple minutes. They will take that every single time. Number one, because 
they struggle to score. They don't have uh, a, a offensive powerhouse of a team, but they do play good defense. They're almost like the Islanders. Well, not the Islanders this year, because the Islanders this year are playing horribly. But that's what the Islanders would do to you. They would just lull you to sleep, get a goal here, get a goal there, and then just shut you down. And that is exactly what Dallas can do to you, and that's what they did. Abs did what they could. I don't want to say they played lazy, but they just could not get anything going. And I give more credit to Dallas than really the Avs struggling to get anything going offensively. Even having said that, they still had, what, 37 shots on goal, I think it was. Yeah, they still managed 37 shots on goal. So, I mean, you have to take positives out of any loss. And I think that's what you would do with that game. Because, it, I mean, it looked – it was one of those games where you were like uh, – I just don't think the Avs can come back on this. Even with the Cam McCarr goal that got it to three to one. I mean, when did he score that? Let me see. I know it was pretty late in the third. Yeah, there was like four minutes left when he scored it. I mean, you weren't jumping up and down saying like, all right, you know, there is a chance. It's just it was one of those games where Dallas held the, the pace of play for the duration of that game. So I give them more credit. And when you played into their hands, you absolutely played into their hands by giving up those two early goals. And then they can just play their defensive style of game, which is smoldering. They, they, they were giving the Avs nothing. They do a very good job of clogging up the neutral zone. Uh, the power play, which I think the Avalanche only had two, three. Uh, the power play looked horrible they couldn't get anything going on the power play again all because you played into dallas's hands and how they want to control the pace of a hockey game and even though you have speed it's it's tough to to get that momentum and that speed going when there is a player on you uh the second you touch the puck so tough tough game to lose the streak in that manner is it um Kemper's fault I mean uh, the, the whole skate thing skate gate I guess you're calling it now like I you know it's not gonna it's not gonna go well for you because that's always gonna be in the back of your mind without a doubt but then you follow that up with uh, the very next day against another division rival in the Nashville Predators. And that game, that that you got back on track with that. And you can look at the Dallas game as just like a hiccup, just a, a bump in the road. They outplayed you. Your win streak lost. But what do good teams do? Good teams don't dwell on that. And the Avalanche didn't have time to dwell on it. They turned right around. And and really, the first thing that came to my head, and I was not going to use it as a pun, uh, was you really punched him in the mouth. And uh, Gabe Landeskog did that, literally. And if you don't get behind a a captain who does that for your team, uh, you might as well not even play the game. We'll get into that and uh, some other things. But first, we are going to hear... 
from direct tv stream and does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch all of the games live another that lets you stream your favorite shows and you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's sister's login for everything else well i want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. There's, or that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. And you can learn more at directtv.com. Once again, it is directtv.com. Compatible devices required and content varies by package. So you lose your six game winning streak and the very next day, you don't have time to dwell on it because you're flying back home and you're playing another division rival. And that is in the Nashville Predators. And... Uh, Miko Rantanen was, there was a lot of stars of this game. And I don't mean one, two, three stars. I mean, I mean, just a lot of guys that played very, very well in this game. And when you have a hat trick, um, you know, that is going to get the publicity and, you know, the media coverage, which is great because he, you know, the first two goals of the game were on him. He was a dominant force in this game. Like he is most of the time, but I feel like he needed to have a game like this to really kind of establish himself again. And maybe just for his own confidence, not that he's not playing well, but you want your stars to do stuff like this. And they're getting sick of like hearing everything Connor McDavid is doing and Leon Dreisaitl is doing. <clears throat> and, and even Alex Ovechkin, who's been doing it for centuries now, you want an avalanche player to step up and be at least for a day. <laughs> With Nathan McKinnon out, Miko Rantanen is that guy. It's been Nazem Kadri. He's been in the one in the headlines, and he continued. Uh, he had two assists in the game. It's against the Predators, obviously. Uh, but his streak came to an end. Not only did the the winning streak come to an end for the Az, but his point streak came to the end uh, for for Kadri against the Stars. So he got a couple assists back in there. He continues to play extremely well. But, you know, stuff like hat tricks that that gets the 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 fan base going, especially when it's on home ice. It's almost like, you know, when a no hitter is getting thrown, you never know when it's going to happen. And when it does happen for your team, it's a special event. And if you're lucky enough to be there, it's one of those things where you say, like, I saw a hat. trick. I saw Miko Ranton and one of our star players get a hat trick. <clears throat> so he played exceptionally well. First game back for Bo Byram. I mean, he he said uh, in the first intermission he was being interviewed on Altitude, and he said he's felt good the past number of days, but he didn't want to rush coming back. And that is maturity, because when you're only 20 years old, if he's even 20 years old, yeah, I think he is, you know, you want to rush back in there, maybe ahead of when you should. Doctors say, like, yeah, you could be good to go. I don't know how this went down. Maybe the doctor said you're good to go. And he said, well, I'm playing a back-to-back. So maybe sit out the first one and I'll be good for the second one. Who knows how the conversation went? Either way it went, it seemed like he didn't miss a beat. And man, is it like the confidence that that kid has is off of the charts. He like that is, that is a 
going to be a dangerous, dangerous blue line across the board for the Avalanche all season long and hopefully for years to come. He is exciting to watch. Uh, my boy, Kale McCarr, just continues to be, in my opinion, this isn't even close to who the best defenseman in the league is. And I don't say that because he knows how to score. You know, he is a, a scoring machine when it comes to a defenseman. Three assists on the day. It's more than that. I, I don't say like he's the best defenseman in the league just because of his offensive capabilities. He's a very good defenseman. He His positioning is second to none. His skating is top of the line. His He's, he's deceptively fast. Uh, and he just does things with the puck that not a lot of defensemen can do. So he is the whole package. And, and you know, I could talk about, could do locked on Cal McCarr and talk about him every single day. We are lucky, lucky to have this guy. So, uh, you know, you want to get fully healthy. And when McKinnon comes back and Comfort comes back, which hopefully is very soon, and you have this team at 100%, God, they they are a tough matchup for anybody. And Kale McCarr, if I was an opposing head coach, he would give me nightmares. Absolute nightmares. Um, He's playing out of his mind right now. But what everybody is talking about, as rightly they should be, is Landeskog being a captain and standing up for his team. He... Ran into uh, Nashville's goalie, um, in in uh, which I don't. I mean, he wasn't diving into him. He did run into him. I had no problem with Nashville uh, being upset that 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 he did that he you know he kind of he, he was making a play on the puck. And he kind of, you know, jumped in and he's sliding in. It wasn't like he just took him out. He was he slid into him. But if you touch a goalie, you're going to get some gloves in your face. <clears throat> That's fine. All fine and well. But when it went to excess and, you know, Miko Rantanen didn't. I don't think Miko Rantanen liked how they were kind of piling on Landeskog because he was already on the ground. He slid into him kind of Superman style. And I don't think Landeskog liked how many guys jumped in on Landeskog when he was already like in a vulnerable position on his stomach. Uh, so he didn't like that. And then you get Ekholm just yanking on Rantanen's helmet. That comes flying off. He throws it behind him. And that was it for Landeskog. You know, he started, he, he technically started this thing because he slid into their goalie and he ended it. By absolutely leveling Ekholm. And yeah, Landeskog deserved every penalty minute he got in that. I had put up on Twitter, like, I don't understand how you give him an instigating penalty, which at the beginning of the third, they did change it because instigating is ridiculous. He didn't instigate something that's been going on for like a couple minutes or two. He jumped into it. It's farthest thing from instigating, but that's semantics. Uh, He deserved it. He deserved the 10, the 5, the 2. But it's penalty minutes well earned. Because I can guarantee you, and I put this up on on, uh, Twitter, that I can guarantee you that's the last time that Ekholm 
tries to rip off the helmet of anybody on the Colorado Avalanche. He will think two, three, four times before he does anything stupid like that. And he knew what he was doing was stupid to begin with because you just don't do that. You don't do that. So you deserve what you got, which is a bloodied face. Sorry <laughs> if that's a, a little violent, but you, you're not going to you're not going to do that and get away with it. You know, just like what Landeskog did, he knew, he knew by sliding into their goalie, he was going to get some punches thrown his way. He knew it comes with the territory of, of running into skating into touching their goalie in any way, shape or form, any goalie. And the same goes for Ekholm. What did he expect that nobody was on the average going to do anything about that? No, like you're you're going to get some fists in your face and it's going to come from the captain. And that is why Gabe Landeskog is the perfect captain for this team. Because he stands up for his his players. I I loved it. <laughs> I love it. I, and, and there's no suspensions coming. Like he got his, pe- his, his suspension, air quotes, or his penalty minutes. And Ekholm, what else can you really give him? I mean, you, you gave him the you gave him a two minute penalty, uh, you know, for for ripping off the helmet. That, that's all you can really give him. So I I I think that the refs got all of that right. <clears throat> I don't even care about that. I care that our captain stood up for one of our star players when uh, when he needed it. So, um. What was the other thing that we had in that game? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't heard anything else on on um, Ryan Murray. That's the other thing. Ryan Murray played 11 seconds in this game. And you heard it was a lower body injury. But you haven't heard anything since then. And you probably won't because they've, they've had, you know, multiple days off in a row. So you played that game. You won that game 6-2 to two with essentially no Ryan Murray and now let me finish this thought. No Curtis McDermott. I'm not saying because, you know, he, he's such an important asset to the avalanche. You know, he got his five and a half, six minutes a game, which is all he's getting. So essentially you're down two guys in this game. You're down Murray and McDermott who, who went out there for a few shifts and skated around and looked lost like normal. Um, that's how you played. That's how you beat a team that was ahead of you in the standings, uh, a division rival, which you knew you had to have this game because you just lost one game. You don't want to lose back-to-back games. And you were down essentially two players. We'll say one and a half players. It was a solid game by the Avalanche when, when you really step back and look at it. Um, you know, the power play did get back on track two out of four on the power play. 35 shots on goal, which seems to be your target right now. Um, it, it was it, it's, it's how you want to bounce back. Very, very happy with how they bounce back because they looked much more in control. And how about Tyson Jost getting a, a goal? He struggled. He's been struggling mightily. Um, so for him to get a, a goal, you know, anytime he gets a goal, you just kind of feel good for Tyson Jost. And hopefully that thing that, that can kickstart him. Hopefully we'll see, but um, very happy about it. And I mentioned the standings 
Um, I want to bring him up quickly because I don't, I don't know who was playing today as I'm, I was recording this, but you know that win brought the Avalanche back up. So where are they? So that put them ahead of Nashville. They are one point behind Winnipeg, but they have three. Well, they have three games in hand on all three teams ahead of them. And they're one point behind Winnipeg, two points behind St. Louis, and four points behind, no, five points, I'm sorry, behind uh, Minnesota. Six points behind, what the heck, my my math is off. (laughs) Six points behind Minnesota with three games in hand on all of them. Sitting pretty are the Colorado Avalanche. So there is a very interesting decision that needs to be made by the avalanche and it comes in goal so we'll talk about that <clears throat> right after we hear from built bar and built.com and we had been talking about black friday and all the great sales that they had on black friday well black friday is over and done with but we are here today cyber monday and you can go back on to built.com. I always, you can do built bar. You know, I say built bar a lot. You need to do builtbar.com or built.com. And that is the place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off of everything that is delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site wide and even bigger discounts on built boost, built broth. And built swag. Yes, they have that stuff, believe it or not. Uh, a brand new built bar flavor has landed just in time for Cyber Monday. It is caramel almond delight. It delivers everything that it promises caramelized chocolate, almonds, and it is so delicious and tasty. Uh, I did get one, and trust me on it, they're excellent. Uh, be sure to get yours before they are gone 150 calories and 17 grams of protein. And this season, while you're craving white chocolate for a limited time, get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor. It's white chocolate cheesecake. It's a protein treat filled with marsh- a marshmallowy center. It's covered in white chocolate. Those have 140 calories while having 17 grams of protein as well. It says the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. So go to Built.com. For the incredible tasting new bars and 20% off of everything, just go to built.com, enter the promo code LOCKED20 before it's too late. And also, bet online. Well, the Thanksgiving holiday is over, but that does not mean the bets stop. Football season rages on, and we have more prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving or this past Thanksgiving and beyond head to our new updated desktop and mobile device websites to sign up and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. It's not just football bet online has pro and college hoops, the NHL boxing UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing available offers for the 2021 season and bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports it's where the begin- the games begin at betonline.ag. So because of Skategate and the Avalanche having a back-to-back game, uh, back-to-back games, you knew, well, Jonas Johansson took over for when Kemper was having his skate, skate issues, and you knew he was going to play one of those games 
uh, against in the back to back. And he played the second game against Nashville and looked solid. He looked good. They had 28 shots on goal. Um, you know, he was 26 out of 28. So those two things, I know it's a small sample size for this season anyway, but taken as a whole, ever since they, they've, they acquired him from Buffalo, he's been a solid backup. So the Avalanche have a decision to make here. And it's, it's, it's going to be a calculated and maybe a risky one. <laughs> because Pablo Francois seems like he's just around the corner from returning. He's been practicing with the team. So what do you do? Because if you want to move Johansson down to the Eagles, you have to put him through waivers because he has not gone through waivers yet. And you run that risk of somebody picking him up. And the way that he's played, again, small sample size, but people take notice of stuff like that. Would he get claimed? That is what the Avalanche have to ask themselves. I mean, his cap number is virtually nothing. Let me look it up quickly. But um, I, I believe it's less than a million dollars, $750,000. You get a $750,000 backup who's been playing very well. Now, is he playing very well because of the team he is on? I don't know. He took 28 shots against. I don't care who, you know, that that that's a lot for an avalanche team. So do they run that risk of somebody nabbing him going through the waiver wire? You're going to have to one of them. You're going to have to put him or Francois on there. Uh, and I, I would think you might be a little bit more comfortable doing doing it with Francois. Not only that, I, I kind of feel like Johansson has, has earned it. He's played very well, like we're saying. So I and, and he's you know the, the the cap number is is it suits the Avalanche better. I don't know because uh, <clears throat> where's Francois? I think is what two million. Uh, if I can find him in here, I'm almost positive he's two million. I don't, I don't see where he is. Oh, there he is. Yeah, two million. Uh, and your current cap space you have available is just over nine hundred thousand. So if Francois comes back, you have to make other moves. I, I don't know. <sighs> Oof. Let me see here. Um, I'm just trying to do. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it works uh, monetarily. I, I didn't dig too much into that. But just coming from a, a playing perspective and a playing standpoint, I think Johansson has, has earned it. I think he's earned to, to be the backup for now. And I think if you have to put one of them through through waivers, I think there's less of a chance of Francois getting picked up than – uh, Johansson. Now, could they put Francois on the active roster? Yeah, which maybe they will do that, you know, and then you don't have to put any of them through it. Don't believe you do. Uh, but do they keep three three goalies in the active roster? I don't know if you if if you really want to do that. I mean, you kind of really have to look at. You have to look at numbers. You have to look at like production. Who's who's worth it? I mean, I think 
once these guys come back, I really want to know, you know, I think Curtis McDermott is almost a shoe in to be going through waivers and going through uh, or going back down to, to Colorado or Colorado to the Eagles, I should say. But the goalie situation is going to be an interesting one because Francis has not played in a long time. Very, very limited. Do you put him back in really not having played? All of these games are important. Or do you let him, you put him through waivers, let him go down to the Eagles, play a couple games down there to build up his stamina. And if you do bring him back up, you have to put Johansson on the active roster. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't even bring him up right now because I just feel like Johansson's the guy that's, that's earned it. So it's probably going to have to get decided pretty soon because I feel like Francois has been practicing with the team for like a couple weeks now. How much more time do you need? I'm not sure. Or are the Avalanche just uh, riding this thing out like the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year and not making any moves? Don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on the uh, the newswire and see what they do with that. But it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> My vote right now, it's all about the here and now. What have you done for me lately? And what Johansson's uh, done lately is, is do exactly what the Avalanche picked him up for a couple years ago. And be a solid backup. So that will be it for today, everybody. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. I'll probably get into the December schedule. And uh, anything like that that comes out, any news that anything, any any new Nathan McKinnon news, which he should be on the road trip with them. Uh, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. It is always appreciated. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Head on over to Locked On NHL for your second listen of the day to get all of the updated news that happened over the weekend from around the NHL. So that's going to be it. Appreciate everybody tuning in. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.